So the first two chapters. First chapter, meditation. The second chapter, forgiveness. And the third chapter that we're entering now, which perfectly complements the first two, and which perfectly builds on the first two, and and this isn't this isn't when I when I talk about these different chapters, I'm not meaning that they happen you know in an isolated fashion, but it's kind of you know you do this one stage and then you stop and then you move on. These are all compounding and they're continuous. And and to be honest, they can happen in in really in terms of meditation and forgiveness, they can happen in any order, but they really do have to happen at the same time. This whole process of building, building a brand and, and really building a life, it's all based on the habits and the rituals that you do every single day or that you commit to, that you do frequently. Important note is that if you don't do it one day or two days or three days in a row, then that's okay and you just find a way back to the practice. So today's chapter is is another building block of something else that you do simultaneously and at a certain point hopefully you can do it in a way that just that just flows and that just happens really naturally but the third chapter today is about being yourself through meditation through sitting in that stillness through letting emotions maybe come up or just you know dedicating time just to yourself to nobody else and to Give yourself 20 minutes every single day where you start the day and you do this thing that's so just for you. Meditation can't be for anyone else. It has to be solely for you. And the other layer of that is forgiveness. It's all about forgiving yourself. It's not about forgiving others. It's really, really about forgiving yourself in any moment, in anything you're frustrated or you're feeling fear or anxiety or you're building up something that you're beating yourself up about, which we all do all the time. You're not good enough. You weren't funny in that moment. You didn't stand up. You didn't put your hand up. Or you did put your hand up. It wasn't the right thing to say. Like in a meeting, in a relationship with your family, you're constantly getting frustrated with others also. You're getting frustrated with yourself and you're getting frustrated with others. And there becomes a certain point where we need to realize that when we're frustrated with others, it's truly just a reflection of ourselves. There's a part of ourselves that we are trying to resist and and ignore or you know I whenever you can think about being annoyed with someone there's a part of you that you're trying to disown that is exactly that thing and so when you can forgive yourself when it's all internal work and it's all all just within you you can start really being yourself being yourself doesn't mean okay I I want to be happy. I want to find, like I, I'm, I've got to go out and find something that can give me joy or give me satisfaction or like they're things that you need to bring into your life. The truth of it all is, is that you are releasing layers. You are shifting layers of yourself that, you know, the belief system that you're not good enough, that you're not this, you're not that, you're not enough, you're not loved. Uh, all the negative belief systems, you're actually letting them go. If you can picture yourself wearing, you know, a million coats, 
and taking off coats and just letting them go, letting them be on the floor and, and, and walking away, you know, giving thanks for the coat because the coat has taught you something, you know, that jacket of, of resistance or playing it safe. There's lessons in that. And there's a, and there's also a beautiful contrast of thinking about wearing, you're wearing the jacket and then when you're not. See, life is constantly giving you in situations where you can find contrast because if there wasn't black against the white, if there wasn't fear against feeling safe, if there wasn't joy against a feeling sad, you wouldn't feel the joy. So we need to feel the other to, to appreciate this, this is the whole thing. So we need to be aware that, you know, wearing the jacket and feeling how heavy it feels to wear 30 jackets that, and each jacket could could represent a belief system where you're telling yourself that you're really shit or you're not enough you know that one jacket so it's like it's so heavy to wear a hundred jackets you know and when you take one off you feel a bit lighter so there's contrast in that so appreciating that so with this as I was going back to my point is that this isn't trying to find stuff to make you feel happy and make you feel joyful and make you feel solid and make you feel confident and sure and you know, you know, what that self is, you're actually that underneath all of the jackets, you're that underneath all of the layers of, of, of negative belief systems, you really, really are, and it really is, and that's, you know, you know, life is actually forever a healing process, it really is, there's always going to be layers to shift, to shift, but there's a certain point where you can get into a nice pattern of that, and it, when you shift enough layers, you are returning to yourself and that's being yourself. You know, you look at other people and you maybe you're inspired by someone. You know, I know I'm inspired by so many women and for a long time, <clears throat> there's this wonderful friend of mine, a beautiful close friend of mine, her name's Hattie Boydell and, you know, there was a period there where I would look at her and she is a, um, a really... A, Yes, yeah, she's a really successful businesswoman. She is also a, a really um, top model, a top fitness model. She competes and she wins competitions and all of these things. And But the biggest thing that I think that I was, I want to use the word jealous of, was that she, she, just, ex, she just exudes so much love and joy and just she's just the most giving, most beautiful person. And for a long time, I would just compare where I was, which was at the time feeling very, very insecure. If, you know, I was just, I, w I just genuinely thought things about myself, like my boyfriend who I was with, you know, who I'm still with, but for the first eight years of our relationship, I thought that he was just with me until he could find someone else. Like it's a ridiculous belief system, but that's genuinely what I thought because I'm like, I'm not actually good enough to be with him because he's so amazing. Um, also, you know, telling myself that I was just in social situations because they wanted to, the people around us, the friends, I actually only wanted to hang out with my boyfriend or my sister because they're such big personalities and they're so much fun and they're so amazing and I was just kind of like the tag along so I was never really, they never really wanted to be friends with me. All these things, it's just crazy what you can deeply embed into your life and so this, just this, um, but yeah with Hattie I was in a complete com mode of comparison and I was with my sister too and I am in a lot of situations I'm also grateful for that comparison because it's put a, a big layer of competition in me, like healthy competition where I want to like strive and be better and, and keep moving forward and I've always had that in me. So while the, the level of comparison has brought me into a place of feeling really low and really shit about myself, I'm also truly grateful for that layer of comparison where I can find that competitive edge. 
So anyway, I'm comparing myself to Hattie and, um, and she's a, she could be a tough cookie to compare yourself to, particularly when you're feeling low because she is just such an incredible human being. And at a certain point where you point out all the things that you're not, but there's a certain point along the journey where I realized that her being the way that she was, was actually calling me forward, pulling me forward, calling me out of my state of being without her saying anything. We never had a conversation about this. We've never had a conversation about this. But what I can see now is that all the things that I admired in her, actually I have inside of me. I just had to let a whole bunch of shitty thoughts go. And so I could step up into my into myself, into me being a queen, me being, feeling really good about myself, feeling really sure, you know, I'm still a human and I have moments, as I've said before, where I still feel, you know, shitty and angry, but those moments are far, a few and far between. And also when I do have them, they don't last for a day. They might last for maybe an hour or maybe even just a few minutes because I can return to my breath and I can remember who I really am and what really matters. So it's a returning to self is what I'm trying to get at. You know, being yourself is a journey of returning to yourself. It's not finding those elements and finding the joy and bringing that into your life. It's letting go of stuff so you can just be. And when you are just being, letting go of all attention as much as you possibly can, forgiving yourself, not forgiving others, but forgiving yourself. You can be yourself. And what does being yourself feel like? And this is just a really, can be a really bizarre concept. It's like being yourself, just being. And how does that really impact building a brand? Being yourself feels like a calm. It's like if you can imagine you're in an ocean, a wild storm, wild storm, constantly and comparing that into your life, like constantly thinking, constantly in and out of lots of emotions, you know, feeling like that everything, like the trauma and the stress and feeling like you have to look after everybody all the time and like the really the turbulence and day in, day out, all the feelings, all the anxiety and then compare that with the stillness of the calmest ocean where it's so flat. There's movement and there's ripples, but there's a beautiful flow. That's the contrast again. And that's the feeling, the calmness. I I have worked for 12 months so deeply. I committed to myself so, so deeply every single day for over 12 months now. Actually, 12 months, I'm going to say, or maybe 13 months. I'm at that point. And I have such a calmness, a stillness, a joy, a smile on my face. Most moments of the day, probably the, the, the point of where I get most out, of, most out of this is when I'm really hangry, to be completely honest. When I'm feeling, when I'm hungry and I'm not realizing it and I feel like I'm so angry or, you know, when I'm hormonal and I'm on my, um, on my period, you know, and there's emotions there that you're just like, oh, you're thrown out, and that's when the ocean gets a bit wild again. But, but for the most part, there is just a beautiful stillness, and that is where I, that is where I know myself. That is where I'm in social situations, and I trust what I say. I don't judge what I say and reflect on everything that I say like I used to. I'm just in the conversation, and everything that's said is fine. I still have moments where I'm like, 
wait, was that still funny? And I, rem- I, have, I can bring myself to a place where I remind myself that that is a ridiculous thought. Ridiculous thought to, you know, and a, a great mentor of mine, Ingrid Arna. She has this, this, she has this uh, process where when she, when she gets back into that place of judging herself or feeling irky and murky, she's like, that's really, she looks at the feeling. She's like becoming this self-aware that you can look at your feeling and go, that's interesting. That's really interesting. And fuck off. That's interesting. And yeah, wow, that's interesting that that's come up in my life and kind of looking at maybe why. And then, you know what, fuck off and return to yourself. Self. Being yourself. Getting to be yourself is actually such a privilege. It's such a privilege. And, a, and being grateful and being aware of that, truly grateful, truly aware that get doing this work and, and it, it is such a beautiful journey and is such a privilege and say thank you to, to be yourself and, and to know that there is always more and that, that, that the unseen and that your true self is the, is the unseen, is your spirit and that it is connected to an unseen world that is limitless. Like it, it, there is no part of your logical brain that could ever get your head around the unseen and the energy field that is there to support you and that that is who you truly are. You are truly liquid love. Yourself is truly liquid love. You know, all of ourselves are, are different, but the, the common the common essence, our essence is is love. And that can sound really airy fairy and bullshit. But when you come from that place and you and you start to tap into that self, that calmness, that steadiness, that confidence, that that love for yourself in in some way when you build a brand from that from that place there is so much truth authenticity longevity sustainability when you build a brand from that place it is what you are here to do you realize who you are here to serve it's so it becomes so clear like it, you know that you, there's an area and it, and it becomes it becomes more and more defined every single week, every single time you tap into yourself, every day, every time you journal or you meditate, you forgive. Forgiveness, 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 meditating, meditating. It's a ritual and, and returning to self and, and reminding yourself, even if you're not feeling it right now, you will get there. It takes time. It's a game of inches. This is, everything in life is a game of inches, so we need to be aware of that. And appreciate that. Appreciate the little time, that time you took off that jacket of telling yourself that your friends don't actually really like you and they don't really want you to be around. Like, that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Call that crazy out. Honestly, write it down on a piece of paper. Returning to self and being yourself, you know, you can build a brand and you can build a life that just feels so good. We're all just trying to feel good. You won't need the car, you won't need the house, you won't need the boyfriend, you won't need the family, you won't need the acceptance from anyone else. You won't need the go-ahead from anyone to build the brand, to put yourself out there, jump on social media, start talking about what it is that you're doing. You won't need anyone's approval or acceptance because permission is granted from the inside. Permission is granted from you to just truly be you. There's no other expectation from that point. All you have to do is just be you in a place of steadiness and calmness and some days you're not in those places and that's totally perfectly fine that's brilliant that's the contrast of life that's wonderful but used to know you can know that you can get 
you can move through that feeling, those emotions, that information that's telling you that you're not in alignment and it's okay and you can return to the steadiness and the calmness and work from that place. And when I say steadiness and calmness and, and confidence and being, feeling solid and all those things, there's actually, and love, there's actually a word that I have missed out so far and it's so important for me to share, but it is fun and joy, laughter, pleasure, abundance, juiciness, yumminess, all of these things, that is who you really are at your core, regardless of who you are and where you've come from, you know, these can take shape in so many different ways, you know, your joy might be having the freedom in your day, your joy might be rock climbing, your joy might be laughing, your joy might be spending time with people, might be being social, it might be just being on your own at home, whatever that looks like for you you know, it it can transpire and it can become into the physical in whatever it suits you. But those core, those core fundamentals of, of who you really are and being yourself, it is joy, it is steady, it is calmness. I promise you, I promise you, I have experienced it. I lived for years and years and years in, in a, in floating anxiety. And now I'm returning to myself. And this, this, this podcast and this book that I'm, I'm creating is tapped into myself, which is tapped into the universe and my spirit squad, which are literally just talking through me right now. I mean, I'm fully supported when you're being yourself. You're fully supported. You can completely manifest anything that you love, that you like. Turning to yourself can be as easy as, at a certain point, returning to your breath, remembering that everything is part of the process, appreciating the subtle. In the subtle, you'll find the energy field that is changing and and moving you and into a certain direction, and you can feel the magic every single day. Turning to self is being yourself. You might not know who that is. Like I feel like you'll have little glimmers. You'll look back on your life. You can see the moments of your joy, true joy, the joy, the things that you were truly just so natural and it just came so easily to you. Ease, ease, ease is such a key word too. You know, you can look look at yourself in those moments where you were just relished and it was so easy to you, natural. And people were probably looking around you or you couldn't feel it. You're going, fuck, well, that, that person, like you, she or he, like that person was so lit up and it was so easy and it flowed out of them in that moment. Think about those nuggets. Think about those patterns in your life where that was happening and that, that is your true self. That is, that is yourself. All the other stuff, you're feeling uncomfortable, is leading you to that, back to that, back to who you really are, which is feeling joy, feeling ease, feeling steadiness, feeling calmness, feeling confidence, feeling totally supported, trusting in your ability. That is like the, the, there's this, this bucket that you can just dive into when you take start taking off those jackets that I was talking about. Start removing those so you can so you can feel free. So an awareness that being yourself is returning to yourself. B 
being yourself isn't bringing things into your life like building blocks or like accumulating things it's letting go of things it's the letting go to be yourself so that you can thrive and build a brand from such a solid place from such a beautiful place from such a harmonious place from such a co-creating place with the universe if that doesn't land with you if you continue to reading this continue to read this book and pick up your practice it will i promise you sending you big love can't wait for chapter four Bye for now. I told her we were going live on the back. <laughs> I said, you're fucking kidding me. I said, I'll stumble and burp and fart. And... Is your phone on target? Oh, no, but it will be. Um, and if you can, like, just when you're thinking about the microphone, like, don't, like, turn away to make a, to make a comment, you know? Mm. You can sit like comfortably and everything, but just just be aware that that's the direction of the microphone. What if we start laughing? Shut up. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Go for it. I think <laughs> like the the more. All right, you ready? Yeah, go for it. The best part is last is the is the last week when we do that like the laughter at the beginning of last week so good. Is that how you, is, is, La- well, you like start had, with the laugh? No, I had to edit it out because it was like you and I just. Look at each other and burst out loud. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, guys. I think we're up to podcast number four, if I'm counting correctly, but maths have never been a real strong suit of mine. And uh, for this month's podcast, or podcast number four, I thought I'd bring a guest in. So it's pretty easy for me to bring uh, another real estate agent in. They can talk about their business. But for one of a bit, did a bit of a different spin, I thought I'd bring in... Um, a great friend of mine, Justin Lemberg. Justin's been my best mate since we were about eight. Um, and um, Justin has been a huge part of my life. But Justin's story's, I think, pretty unique. Justin uh, is, a, is an Olympian. Apparently, I can't call them former Olympians because once you're an Olympian, you're an Olympian <laughs> forever. So first of all, welcome, Justin. Thanks, Mark. And um, the reason I brought Justin in today is that Justin's story, which I'll, which I'll tell, and Justin's uh, where he is today, Justin owns uh, a number of McDonald's stores, and you might be asking, you know, what has McDonald's got to do with real estate? But many of the processes, many of the agents who have worked with me know that I'm big on process and, and systems, and I spent hours upon hours talking to Justin about how McDonald's do it, and, and then and then taking some learnings from the way they process stuff uh, to get you know a product in quick time and great quality. So we're going to have a chat to Justin about his his career we're going to go back uh, to the olympics and then we'll talk about where he is today so just you and i've been mates forever mm. we started swimming together i was just telling patricia we work with here that that, that that you were a freak i think it's fair to say there's only three australian males who have won the 200 the 400 the 800 and the 1500 freestyle at the australian olympics one is Murray Rose, Grant Hackett, and my good friend Justin Lemberg. So that's a bit of a wrap for yourself, yeah, mate. Thank you. So, mate, let's talk about that. You know, I, I was with you, not with you, but I saw the work that you did leading into LA, which is the Olympics that you went to, um, and you ended up coming coming third. Going into those Olympics, did you think you had a real opportunity to win gold? Were you, were you, was was <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Um, you don't go there to get a bronze medal, which is what I did. Uh, and my coach was that madman called Laurie Lawrence. And it was coming out of Russia that there was a, a guy called Vladimir Selnikov who was doing 100 kilometres a week. 
And Laurie just came up with a very good plan that said, well, if Selnikov, and he was the world's best uh, 400 metre freestyle swimmer at the time, um, if Selnikov's doing 100 grand or 100K a week, we're going to do 100K a week. Now, to just put that into perspective, we did 10 sessions a week, uh, Monday to, to Saturday, have Wednesday mornings off. So it was 10K in the morning and 10K of an afternoon. No, they don't, as it's turned out years later, we were the world's best trainers, but we couldn't race for shit because we never got an opportunity to race. We got an opportunity to race probably once a year overseas. So daily schedule for me training with Laurie, 10K in the morning, go home, uh, go for a 5K run. Uh, we would come back to the pool of an afternoon. We would do another 10K between three o'clock and six o'clock. Swimming in the morning was between five and eight. We'd go and run steps at Chandler, which you ran steps at Chandler a number of times, Mark. We'd run steps at Chandler <laughs> for, for 30 minutes and then we'd go into the gym for another 30 minutes. So that schedule to ask your body to perform at peak level was about oh, over the course of eight hours. So it was quite intense and we did that over a three month period leading. I'd, I'd finished school the year before, Olympics are on in, uh, in August and uh, we did that basically from January through to, to, to August in the lead up. I know the work that you did, and I can remember where I was um, when you... On the side eating pies. On the side eating pies. No, I'm not quite sure I was on the side eating pies. I would have been eating something, you know what I mean? But, uh, oh, you know. but I can remember uh, watching you race and, you know, and kind of willing my best friend to win Olympic gold. I've always said that it's been hard on me. You're not winning, because now you know, I could have had that my best friend was Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> And now I've got to say he only won bronze, you know, so that's been a hard, a hard road for me to hoe. But for you, the work that you put in and the work you put in, you just kind of highlight, was insane. Did, did you feel like you failed or, or, or what, what did that moment in time bring for you? You've become very successful in business yeah. now. How much, how much of a role did that that moment in time, the work that you did, your discipline now, you know, we're gonna talk about your discipline and your system shortly. But how much how much of how much of a role, how much of a pivot did that moment play in your life? Yeah, well, well the, the Laurie Lawrence thing, uh, and that's probably part of it later on, he taught me two things. Uh, he taught me motivation and discipline. But to talk about the Olympics, years later, one of our best friends is a guy called Michael Bowl, who's probably one of the world's best coaches at the moment. And Bowley, as he's known from everyone around the world, was a good swimmer but never good enough to go to the Olympics. And he said to me one day, he's now coached at, I don't know, six or seven Olympics? Would have been yeah, he's great. Best, okay. best coach. Of the yeah. And he has said to me um, that forget about what everyone says about the Olympics and they'll just say it's another event. It's not another event, it's the event. You get a chance to stand up one day in your life. And some I only had the opportunity to go to one Olympics because I'd injured my shoulder. I would have thought going to the first one at 17, I might have went to a couple more, but never went to another one along the way. So that one day in my life, you get a chance to stand up and ask yourself, am I good enough? Now, it even gets worse than that because the nerves and everything that come, that come there, you're not, you haven't got next week to go back, you haven't got 13 other players in your team to have a, have a race with and you can hide, you just stand up there and you race. And swimming is one of the few sports, well, I think it's the only sport that is, is, is purely on time. In other sports, they have first three places or whatever it is. So you can have eight people from one heat make the final. And it's about absorbing the pressure at the Olympics. And I, if, if I was truthful, I would say that, and I, haven't, I only spoke to somebody about this the other day, and I don't speak to too many people, but because we're here in front of just two people, no one else is listening to this. No, no one else is listening, listening, mate. No, just a private collection. <laughs> if you go and have a look on YouTube, the 400 freestyle, when I'm about, and, and I got beaten for a gold medal by 0.3 of a second. 
So it's been a hard thing for me to chew on for 30 years. But what I've worked out over years, and I'm not going to mention names, but some of Australia's, and I'm talking swimming here, some of Australia's greatest ever swimmers don't have an Olympic medal. So I'm relatively proud of that these days. And I can remember being halfway through that race, and I, I, I hated my Olympic medal for, for probably 30 years, but I started watching YouTube about five years ago, and I've been trying to get myself that 0.3 faster for three years. And, and, and I've always thought the run might have done you good, mate. Yeah, you know? Well, <laughs> I've been working on it. I've been working on it. But I can remember saying, thinking to myself, and I haven't admitted this to too many people, what the hell am I doing here? I'm in the middle of an Olympic final, and I'm a chance of getting a medal. So fast forward, in those days, they used to have um, an A final, which is what I was in, and they had a B final. And this is a, there's a guy in West Germany at the moment that feels a lot more horrible than I do. Um, so he wasn't good enough in the morning to make the finals. He didn't absorb the pressure in the morning and be able to stand up. You've got to stand up two, three times, whatever it might be. So he didn't handle the pressure in the mornings and only made the B final. Um, we swam our race, got our medals, and then they swam the B final after us. Well, he swam a time faster and broke the Olympic record. But guess what? He doesn't have an Olympic medal. You've got to do it two times in a row. And that's what I'm saying, that you go through your history. Think of some of our greatest swimmers and some in recent times, as I said, not going to mention names, because I'm sure that they're sucking eggs as well, but they don't have that medal. And so, and I just told these guys here before, one of my good mates, uh, John Sieben, he got the gold medal in the 200 butterfly. Um, and he showed me a picture of his medal recently. The gold medal looks more like a bronze medal, and my bronze medal is tarnished. It looks more like a gold medal. So I'm telling him to stick it, and, uh, and I've got the gold medal these days. But yeah, it, it, it's a major event that, um, that I'm proud of. As I said, I, I think I did reasonably well standing up one day in my life and, and performing. So let's take that, let's fast forward now. You know, you own multiple McDonald's stores now across, across Brisbane. You know, you've got a huge staff. Um, they 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 run extraordinarily well, you know. You and I have talked hours about process, about about you know the fact that if a task has to be done more than once, you need a process to it. How much how much of that how how much important in your world is process, and how much do you believe in systems and process and the way that you believe business should be run? Yeah, <clears throat> um, a guy who helped me get into McDonald's is a guy called Rod Morris, and those that follow rugby league, you'll know he's in the first state of origin team. Uh, and my first store uh, was at Bow Desert, uh, a beautiful place. And Rod came. For those people that don't know, Bow Desert is probably forty-five minutes directly west behind the Gold Coast. Yeah. yeah. Bow Desert is a normal place you pass through going somewhere else. That's exactly right, <laughs> and that's what a lot of people did. Except for the races of the, the Bow Desert races. Anyway, Rod, he, he said two things to me one morning when he came out, and I'm sure you'll get a chuckle out of this being a real estate agent. Um, out the back of the Bow Desert store, and it's still the same. I said to him, have a look at my beautiful view out there. There's a lovely paddock looking out over the mountains. And Rod's response to me was, you don't want a view, you want houses. So I thought that was an interesting thing. You need customers. You don't want a view, you need customers. The second thing he said to me is he said, mate, don't reinvent the wheel. There's been a lot of smarter people than us come through here before. And there's a lot of people in head office and there's a lot of people around the world just follow the systems. So I still, that was said to me on day one and I'm 20 years in McDonald's these days and I, when we come up with this wham bam idea that we're going to change something, we go, you know what, don't change the system, just follow it. It's funny, you know, I was working with uh, an agent, a couple of agents today and I was talking to one of our bigger businesses and uh, this particular business has a sign that your art is not welcome here. 
Mm. And you know, and we, we we actually have a formula, and as many officers do, and many different brands are. But at Ray White, we build a formula that we know if you follow it, you will be successful. And in this particular office, they have a saying on the board: "Your art is not welcome." And what they're saying is, just follow the bouncing ball, mm. and the bouncing ball will lead you to success. Mm. So many people want to want to want to want to um, uh, change that formula. They want to. I think they want to cut corners on that formula. And now that the markets across the eastern seaboard are a lot more challenging, I think people are, are trying to find easier ways and quicker ways. But at the end of the day, regardless of the cycle in our industry, and you and I have spoken about this many times, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's about connecting with people. I mean, we know from the work that our network does, there's three major reasons why people list a home with someone. One is a relationship. Two was a referral, and they got referred to by the people you had the relationship with. Another one is because you sold a home in the street. So if you build your structure and processes around eighty percent, you've you've got you've got to win. So let, let, let's let's go back to a little bit and try to get some some analogies. You know, you um, uh, have to deliver burgers in, in in a really in a really quick time. Quality has to be good. Um, a lot of things can go wrong. How much do you do? Do you look at your business in your from the KPIs and say, well, you know, I need to fix that. I need to pull a lever here. We need to go harder here. And, and how do you do that? And and how how are you able to adjust the, the kind of the trajectory of your business by looking at those numbers? <coughs> yeah, well, remembering that the people that that work for us and we cop a lot of abuse and everything like that along the way, but it's actually a very good system. And I say to you, or say to anybody, if you're going to eat fast food, we are the most over-regulated company that it is. To cook a hamburger at our place, one hamburger, you have to wear three pairs of gloves. It drives me insane, but that's just the way we go with food safety and everything like that. There's three different pairs of gloves that change. Most of our people that work for us as well, they come on board when they're 14 or 15, and um, by the time that they're um, 20, 21, they're running a restaurant that, I've got one restaurant that does $7 million a year, um, and you know, they sort of go down from there. And there's a lot of burgers. It's a lot of burgers. And, and, and just to give you an indication of that, at, at my biggest restaurant, um, we serve 15,000 customers a week. Now break that down, that's say 2,000 customers a day. If a manager's working an eight hour shift, they're serving around 700 and something customers on their eight hour shift. Now some people don't see 700 customers in a year. My guys are seeing 700 customers on an eight hour shift, times that by five, three and a half customers. And it just breaks their heart when someone comes through and says, my chips are cold today or whatever that may be. The two biggest- So just on that, many people listen to this podcast today will say, listen, you know, you're serving a burger, we're selling million dollar homes. You know, and, and, and the analogy that I'm trying to draw here, the analogy I'm trying to draw is that every great business has a process in the system. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I have a saying in our industry, which is, which is often challenged and people kind of throw rocks at me, and, so, and I say that skill's highly overrated. You know, I think, I think the superstars are the ones that, that have the skill and have process. But if you don't have, if you have some skill and you don't have process behind it, just it just everything everything breaks down. So, you know, I want one of our listeners today and the people who are who are listening to me saying, why, you know, did I just decide to get you on so we can go and have a beer after this? You yeah, know that's what I mean? right. That was probably probably Tis, there, yeah, there, yeah. there was probably a bit of that. You know what I mean? But but the reality of it is is that you know um, the way the way that even 
but you focus on the person who's got the one bucket of chips, how you want every customer to be happy and how that process helps you deliver a better customer experience. Mm. And, and you know, for, for me, I fly a lot. And so I, I, I get a different customer experience from Qantas. And I say to people all the time, the better the customer experience, the more loyalty you engender. You know, and, and I've often said to you, how do you improve a McDonald's business? Because you've bought some businesses that weren't trading so well and you've turned them around. And you just said to me, by putting in good, great processes and giving the customer a better experience. Now that is exactly our industry. Someone comes to your open for inspection, give them a better experience. Someone's on your database, give them a better experience. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone calls up and inquires on a property, give them a better experience. Every drop counts, every chip matters. You know, and for your, for your staff to be on a shift where they're serving 700 people and have that intensity to still be unhappy when one person says, because I'm going, well, 700 people are now, fuck, you're going to get one packet of chips, it's not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a terrible thought to have, but that's, that's what you do have. There's going to be some times where the wheels fall off and, you know, a busload of people walk in and we're not prepared for that or whatever it might be. People call in sick, I guess, in, a, in an office. Uh, if two if two salespeople call in sick in one day, not a lot changes. If two people call in sick, which happens regularly at our store, it just sends the store into chaos. And that's a daily occurrence that these guys are dealing with. So, so shit happens daily. Like, things go wrong. You know, I, I say to all the agents we work with, you know, the, the one thing that we know is constant is a thing called life. Mm. People change their minds, change their opinions. Things don't go what the way that you do. Two things overcome it in our world, great process and structure and great volume. Talk to enough people. Have have your processes spread across enough people that if one falls down, there's another one there, you know. And I suppose in your world, you know, every time you serve a pack of chips, you get a... a you, fries, you, mate. We, fries. Call, we call them fries. Fries, 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 mate. Fries, <laughs> fries. I can tell you guys, one of the great experiences in life is go to McDonald's with a McDonald's store owner. You get a great experience. And just build your own burger. You know, <laughs> that, that's one of the great things. I'll have three of those patties and you just, if you come out with this thing, it looks like a Manhattan sky rise, you know. You know, and we get fries with that too, you know what I mean? But, but um, you know, you lost my train of thought there now. We're talking about fries and chips and Manhattan sky burgers. But, you know, I think, I think, that one of the things for us, and the one thing hopefully people get from this talk today, is the fact that you know your your dedication to, to kind of discipline and and process has been look even when you swam it was very process driven mm, absolutely know, very process driven and how you've been able to bring that into 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 run not one McDonald's store but kind of multiple stores you know and mm. at, 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 at a really good uh, thing we've often talked about that you believe that that, that process can be can be can be transferred to any business, yeah. you know, any business in the world. Well, when I gave up swimming, I uh, because I didn't uh, didn't do very well at school. The highest uh, score of my report card was days absent, um, and <laughs> and so the I really only had one. What did you get for that, mate? How many? I, I got fifty six for days absent. <laughs> I handed my report card to my dad, and he looked at it and he said, "Well, you didn't go too bad in days absent. You got a fifty six in that one." Mate. <laughs> Anyway, I forgot. My, oh, sorry. Didn't have too many opportunities out there, and uh, it wasn't you know, going to university. I did spend some time at University of Alabama, but um, well, let's talk. You know, Justin also went to University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, which is the famous football side. We just got beaten by uh, Clemson. Clemson. That's Clemson. Right. They did too. And um, Justin spent a year swimming in America, which was a which was like was, was like Disneyland for what eighteen year old boys at the time. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, what do you want me to say about that? <laughs> no, 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 I'm not quite sure. No, there's, look, things, there's not quite sure. There's things no, you can no. say in this about that. Let, you know. Let me go back and, and and sort of say that I then had aspirations to be Australia's best swimming coach. But what I worked out very quickly that I was never going to do that because there was two things that I had in my head. If you see a great coach like Michael Bowl or a great coach like Laurie Lawrence or whatever they are, they're straight down the line. There's no deviation either either way. I'd have two deviations in that I'd, on a cold day when it was wet and windy, I'd feel sorry for them because I knew how much I hated cold water and I'd say, get out this afternoon. And then the next day I'd be working them hard and I'd go, you weak little pricks, why can't you just get in there and do it? So I didn't have that discipline with those kids. But I, I, and so therefore my dream of being the greatest coach in the world it went by the wayside. But I still see myself as a coach but I'm just coaching these people to serve customers better. And what I've found is that I don't deviate away, that if they're given bad service, and guess what, we still deliver bad service, but I don't deviate away. I'm, I'm a Laurie Lawrence at the McDonald's stores or Michael Bowl at the McDonald's stores because I don't go one side or I don't go the other. You just keep on going down the middle of what you know is right. So that's where the, the even balance has been. I guess that's any jo- any boss's job to make sure yep. that they're doing that. Yep. So the market's a challenge at the moment, you know what I mean? And I think I think... I think what happens is that we're seeing right across the country, people are kind of saying, you know, what do I do now? The markets are strong. You know, there was a, there was a, uh, for want of a bit of a word, there was an inevitability about our industry for a couple of years, and particularly in Sydney and Melbourne, you listed the homes on the water. You know, it was, it was pretty, that, that's probably oversimplifying it a little, undersimplifying it a little bit, which way I'm not quite sure. But the rally of life now, now this, this, this domain owns for the people who are disciplined in their approach have a really systemized approach. I just showed Justin prior to us just uh, chatting, you know, one of our, one of our great uh, process agents, Ash Weston, how he processes stock, stock in, stock out. You know, this is a task orientated business. You do certain things multiple times well, it's inevitable that your business will grow. And I wanted, I wanted to talk to Justin today in this podcast, A, because he's my best friend on the planet and, 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 and also, and it'd be thanks, Mark. Thank, thank, no, thank you, Justin. <laughs> and and also just to let people know that 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 you know if, if if you're out there at the moment and things aren't going the way that you want, and you've had that in your life, you know, um, you know, I know I know how you had to deal with the Olympics um, and and other parts of your business world. That resort to to, to to the discipline of process. Resort to the discipline of systems. Yeah. I mean and. Those disciplines and systems, you know, for our group, for the Ray White group, anyone can put their hand up and we can say, you do this on a regular basis at a high level, you will be successful. And I'm sure whoever you're with, whoever you sell for, whatever brand you're with, private, you know, independent or a large group, please don't think that, that you need to reinvent the wheel. You know, it, this is a simple industry. Stock in, stock out. Build relationships, give great customer service, and you'll have a great career. So mate, it's uh, it's about forty degrees in Brisbane this afternoon. So time uh, for a beer. I think we better go and uh, and have a beer, you know. And uh, I might even get a free burger, mate. So no so, worries, mate, I'll give I'm, you a voucher. I appreciate you coming in. I'll give you one. Buy one, get one free. Oh, thank you, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys.